because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, Brent Porcio here with another Baseball Ops Top V podcast. Pretty excited, as always. Have fun guests, but this one's going to be a lot of fun. We got the man, the the legend, the YouTube for me, the YouTube uh, legend, <laughs> John Madden. I, I say that because you're so damn good at it, man. <laughs> well, I, I've only got the one going. I got the YouTube going, but you got the podcast going. You're popping off on the Instagram. <laughs> Your Twitter's amazing. Yeah, you, you're on the Snapchat too, right? Yeah, it's diversification. There you go. I got I got to get better at that. So I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm learning. Hey, we're both learning from each other. That's why we're a dynamic duo right now, man. The pioneers, man. We were like the first two in I this feel thing, like it. pretty much. Paul Reddick. Paul Reddick was the OG. We got. I mean, yeah, we got to kind of tip the, the hat to him and Tom House, right? So, well, yeah. I well, mean, you got to throw you got Tom House and then Dick Mills, even if you want to get who has pitching dot com. That's like yeah, yeah. Like buy that in like the nineties before like I even knew what the internet was. I know. Could you imagine what he what he did to get that? He was probably like you know. This internet looks pretty interesting. I'm going to get pitching.com. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Rest in peace. Yeah, I know. He was cool. I enjoyed watching him. Yeah, so we're kind of like, I'd say we're the second generation of these these pitching or these baseball gurus, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I like to say. I like to be categorized as a guru. Yeah. For sure. I don't even know if that's a great. Uh, a great uh, name. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people look at that kind of negatively, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You hear now, it's like, you know, the guru. Don't listen to Oh, the you're a guru. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I don't, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to be a guru. I'm just trying to share my experiences. You know, that, that's how it was when I got started. And I think for you, probably the same. Exactly. I think that yeah, I think you and I have that in common. I think the fact that we came into this as we're just the, the players who obviously – uh, wanted to keep playing, but we th- we thought we were we were honest enough to say, you know what, this is probably the better road for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, what's funny was it, it all clicked for me like when it was like two thousand and seven, two thousand, yeah, it was two thousand seven, and I got the BlackBerry, and the BlackBerry had the email. You can get the email on the side. And I was like, man, I can't believe this. You can get your email on a phone. And it just blew my mind. And I was like, I was still playing pro ball at the time with the Padres. And uh, I was like, man, I should just share some information because YouTube had just come out like 2005 or was getting big. And it was 2007. And I, I said, let me just put up some videos and and stuff. And, and that's really how it started was just getting the email on the BlackBerry. It blew my mind. I was like, I'm just going to share my experience while I'm playing. Well, how smart of you because you got on at the right time, specifically with YouTube. You, you really captured that audience really well. Like, um, I guess before we get into to all that, let's talk about keep going with that. So, tell them how and people that don't know who you are, tell them how how that evolved or or who you were before that and, and who you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I played uh, high school baseball. I played since I was younger. Played t-ball uh, all the way up. In fact, I, it's funny funny story. Sometimes I tell uh, my parents that I couldn't quit 
uh, once I started a season. And uh, so they would sign me up every year. And, you know, halfway through the season, I'd be like, I don't want to play baseball anymore. And they, ah, you can't quit. You got to finish to the end of the season. So I'd finish the season. And then next season would come up. They signed me up and I was back in. So, you know, I just, I just kept playing. That's a good story <laughs> um, for your parents, too. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they were good parents. They were, they were very, they always, instilled confidence in me even though i probably wasn't a great uh youth baseball player they made me think i was um so i had a lot of confidence um always um, were so you they were late, really were you a late bloomer did, i mean when did you get your size was it early or late no i was actually early. i mean i think i was early i was i was this size well maybe not as big like thick but uh i was this tall in seventh grade what so, Jeez, <laughs> yeah man. yeah yeah so i was always a, i was always <laughs> Uh, a head size wise and I think that was a big advantage for me too and I, got, I started lifting early my dad bought me a, um, a weight bench um, when I was 12 or 13 and he was he was always going to the gym like he went to the gym every day and he was like really big so like my friends were always like oh man your dad is cool you know he's got yeah. muscles and right yeah so I always looked up to that and yeah. and uh, aspired to be like that and he started taking me to the gym so when I was all through high school I was going to the gym with him um, you know so size wise and then uh, Strength-wise, I was at way ahead of the curve as far as my my peers were at the time. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of my high school uh, my high school uh, time period. Uh, I thought I was going to get drafted. You know, I was hitting ninety by my senior year of high school, and I thought like, oh, I'm about to make a million dollars, <laughs> and uh, and nobody drafted me. <laughs> so, uh, well, at least you I didn't quit. To, yeah. Well, my parents signed me up. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anymore no but uh, actually i was gonna I, I didn't have anywhere to go um you know i played at a small school my parents as good as they were they didn't know baseball they didn't know like how any of this worked my dad didn't play baseball they didn't know anything about they didn't go to college they didn't know anything about college or anything like that so i was kind of on my own uh, as far as that goes um and i really didn't have a place to play i lucked out and pitched in a uh, high school all-star game uh, my after my senior year the senior year of my the summer of my senior year after my senior year and uh, a Juco scout saw me there and he said, why don't you come to my showcase uh, this weekend and, you know, we'll see what happens. So I was like, all right, cool. I didn't go. I, I skipped it. And he called me up and he goes, what happened? How come you missed it? I said, oh, I had to work. You know what? I, I didn't. I was just lying to the guy. <laughs> and uh, where, uh, where are your parents on this one, John? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like they weren't involved really. Yeah. Right. You know, like I would, they were working. They both worked, and yeah, right. you know they, they were really great parents. They just weren't like involved in in, yeah, right. in that. Um, so then, uh, speaking of bad parents, yeah. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Now you got your little boy. Now you're the parent. Yeah, perfect timing. That background. was actually that was perfect timing yeah. for him to come in. You you've been listening. So ah. here's, a, here's John. Here's Madden too, right? Yeah. Little Madden, so he's two and a half right now. So we're looking forward to three uh, U baseball next season. Uh, we, we got a scout team going. We're gonna be traveling across the country. No, but like we were talking about on the phone, and not to get off track, but uh, you know, we were talking about on the phone. I was saying how I understand now how some parents can get crazy because I'm already thinking like, man, do we got a shot at this thing? Can this guy be a major leaguer? And then I got to think like, what the hell are you talking about? He's two and a half. He can, you know, so he falls down when he's running sometimes. Like I can't, you know, like. Well, you know, you you need to put his bed in in the in your office because then so you can see all of it all the time, right? 
There you go. I'm going to brainwash him with uh, audio <laughs> tapes. From, uh... Every morning he wakes up, he's got baseball games playing in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, he's already brainwashed by Blippy. I don't know if you know who Blippy no, is. No, who's but... Blippy? Blippy's a little YouTube uh, YouTube guy who does like, you know, oh, yeah. all the kids stuff. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so anyway, so I told the coach, you know, sorry, I, you know, I was working, whatever, couldn't make it. And he goes, well, what do you, you know, you got anywhere to play next year? And I said, yeah, I got a couple offers uh, to this school. I didn't have anything. <laughs> I was just making that up. And he, <laughs> he goes, well, you know what? I didn't get to see you, but I really like what I saw in the game. I only pitched an inning in that game. He was like, I, I want to offer you a full scholarship. What? So I was like, yeah. So I go, uh, all right. Yeah, I'll think about it. I'll call you back. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're already trying to be an agent, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I hang up the phone and I go, mom. I think I just got a full scholarship. And she goes, you better call him back and tell him you're going there. So I, I pick up the phone. I was like, yeah, uh, okay, I'm in. That's awesome, <laughs> Let's dude. Do this. So then uh, so I went to – that was community college, Seminole Community College. Uh, and then I parlayed that into a scholarship at Auburn University. I did really well there my junior uh, – my freshman and sophomore year at JUCO did really well. So did I got you a scholarship. Get, did, you, uh, did, you, did y'all go into the, uh, the World Series at all, or how did y'all do? Yeah, we went to the JUCO World Series. Um, so it was the first time in the school's history. Wow. And we had, oh man, our, our team was stacked. I think our JUCO team probably could have beat any Division One team that we played, that I played at Auburn. I went to Delgado. We, Did y'all ever play Delgado? Yeah, we were, we were, we were stacked. So, um, Did y'all, y'all was, do you was, remember playing Delgado at all from New Orleans? No, we didn't play Delgado yeah. because for Florida, for, uh, for us to make it to the JUCO World Series, we only had to win the state. Oh, okay. So once so we win the state, state, we well, we yeah, we never. We used to play Pensacola all the time. Did you play Pensacola? Yeah, we played Pensacola, um, Chipola. Do you yeah, guys play Chipola? Chipola? Them too. Yeah, Florida JUCOs. Florida JUCOs. Lake City. Yeah, I mean Florida JUCOs are really really good. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Lakes. I think it was Lake City. They had uh, they had Joey Bats on their team, or maybe that was Chipola, but. Both of those, Lake City, Chipola, they had all kinds of studs on their team, um, and we uh, we rolled through them. We we had like I want to say like nine nine draft picks off our wow. off our JUCO team, which is another thing. I thought I was getting drafted out of JUCO, and nobody <laughs> called me again. So now I'm like, dang, what's going on? And then you went to Auburn, though. That's a pretty good move. So how'd you fall into Auburn like that? Uh, so I I, I did great freshman uh, freshman and sophomore year. I did, I did really well. Um, and then, so I had a lot of opportunities after that. I, uh, I was, I went, you can get five official visits and I decided that I was going to take them all just for, just to go like on trips yeah, right, and stuff fun. like that. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. I took all my five visits. Auburn was one of them. I think they were number three that I went to. And then, uh, you know, they asked me to commit after the visit and I said, ah, you know, let me see. I got two more visits coming up, but I knew right then that I wanted to go to Auburn cause it was beautiful and uh, you know, the guys seemed great and the field was great and everything they were doing. A lot of really legends great. there, man. Come on. That's, yeah. that's the, I mean, think about it. Um, Auburn is Bo Jackson and Frank Thomas. Yep. Dude, that's yep. a f- insane. <laughs> uh, Tim Hudson. And Hudson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, they had some, they had some Donaldson. Yeah. And you, so you, did you play with him there? Yeah, Donaldson was a freshman, my senior. Are my you senior. serious? Yeah, yeah, and he was he was 
he started as a freshman and he was a stud as a freshman, but then, you know, his sophomore, junior year, he really went off. He was crazy. I bet he was. But, but yeah, he was a great player even as a freshman coming in, in the, in the, you know, in the SEC. And then you were an all American, huh? Yeah. So my junior year, I sucked. Uh, <laughs> like I was horrible. Why is it? It was, I, was it a big jump from the Juco to there? Um, no. So like, you know, like I said, we, we had a real good, uh, you know, Florida Juco, like you said, you said is great competition. Okay. Um, so the, so okay. it wasn't, it wasn't to me, it wasn't the competition. Um, I just, so I got, when I got there, they, the pitching coach changed me to a submarine pitcher. Um, and so I, I went from, a, you went from yeah, an so over went, the top guy to a sub guy and why you went to all yeah, yeah, so I was probably three quarters in high school. Then I dropped down to in JUCO, I was probably, probably straight sidearm. And then my junior year at Auburn, he dropped me down to like a straight submarine guy. Um, what was the reason? The good part. Uh, I don't know. I guess he thought I wasn't good enough to get in the in the in the bullpen for them with what I had, which I thought I did. But he was like, "Listen, if you drop down, we'll give you some opportunity." So I was like, "Well, I want to pitch, so yeah, right. I'll, I'll do it." <laughs> Do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I dropped down. The good, the good thing about that was that that's when I learned. He taught me my sinker. So, uh, that was a huge benefit to my career in the long run. Um, but what happened after that was, so I had a horrible season. I was walking all kinds of guys. It was great. Like pitching from down there was awesome because it was hard to hit. Like the guys weren't making hard contact with it. So it was cool. I learned a lot from doing that. But. Uh, that coach got fired, or, or they left. I don't remember what happened uh, that year. So we got new coaches. The coach that came in, the pitching coach that came in, was one of the coaches from the schools that I went and on one of my five visits from. So he came in. And he wow. was like, Madden, what happened? How come you didn't come to my school last year? And I was like, ah, oh, my bad, coach. But look, we're together. <laughs> no, but, and but so he goes, be honest, man. That's a good lesson there. Taking those five visits was pretty big for you. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So yeah, so I met that guy. Yeah, and it helped. You know, this the new coach, the senior. So we already knew each right. other. We had a, a relationship. And one of the first things he said is, "Why the hell are you throwing submarine?" <laughs> and I was like, "You know, I don't know." Like the 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 last guy told me to throw submarine, so I threw submarine. And uh, he goes, "We're going back to you know where I recruited you, which was pretty much straight sidearm." Oh, and I was like, "Cool." And uh, I basically that was a year I had a crazy year and put up crazy numbers and uh, well it probably was an all American. It makes sense like that going sub and it's you know your your consistency wasn't there and you you just battled to probably build some some you were you were getting better at adjusting and dealing with something that was more challenging for you and then when you went back to something you had more consistency at you probably I mean it just probably honed you in don't you think? Yeah and and I had the new the new weapon man I had the sinker yeah. so. So I was throwing a four seam originally from here um, and it had some good movement on it, but it was more like arm side movement. Mm -hmm. um, so then when I came back up from learning the sinker at the submarine slot and going here it with the sinker going down hard, oh man, it was a game changer. And, and so two things I, I credit my success to that obviously more the coaches and all that helped, but uh, two main things I credit my success to is learning the sinker from that arm slot um, and then the mindset that I had my senior year, because there was a point when the coaches were leaving from my junior year. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to leave the school, go somewhere else? What am I going to do? And I had this realization, like, this is the last, this may be your last year of ever playing baseball. 
Like, you didn't get all these years you thought you were getting drafted. You didn't get drafted. You're a senior now. What are you going to do? Like, are you going to try to grind it out in independent ball and stuff like that? It's like, this may be it. Like, this is it, you know? So I was like, I'm going to take this year, this senior year, and just have as much fun as I can. Like, if the catcher calls for a fastball inside, I'm going to throw it as fast as I can. And I don't care if I hit the guy. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the mindset was totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So those two things – I think really played a part in me having such a successful uh, season that year. And then you get All-American, which is an amazing feat. I mean, not many guys at Auburn, I mean, get that, right? I mean, like, talk about the kind of the class that you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was cool. I mean, it was it was really cool hearing that, um, you know, getting that award. I, obviously, I was All-SEC, and um, I think I got uh, – I was nominated for stopper of the year. I was a weird, I was a weird, uh, role. I was like a setup closer, like a long setup closer guy. Like I would come in like the, like the sixth inning and close it out to the ninth inning. Um, so I threw, I led the nation in, uh, appearances. I pitched almost every single game and I led the nation in, uh, relief innings. I think I threw like 85 relief innings wow. in, uh, in, you know, a 56 game, uh, college schedule. So it was it was crazy. Uh, it was just it was it was like a blackout season. Like I don't know what happened. They just couldn't hit me for some reason. And uh, was that sinker? Yeah. Well, so you get yeah. dra- so you get drafted, or are you going as a free agent? So I got drafted. So I got drafted uh, by the Padres, eighth round. Uh, I was talking to all the scouts, which now I realize, you know, all the years before, I thought I was getting drafted. I just thought like, okay, they call your name on draft day. Well, no, this year after a good season, I talked to every single scout. So, like, now looking back, I was like, I didn't talk to any scouts. Yeah, how do you think you're going to get so I should have knew. Like, yeah, right. Like, if you think you're going to get drafted, usually you talk to someone beforehand. <laughs> then they tell you, like, hey, we like you a little bit. So, uh, you know, I didn't know how that whole process worked. but So I talked to all, the, all these scouts. Everyone uh, wanted to draft me, or at least they said so. Um, and then uh, my son's playing with pine tar on my carpet right now. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the wife's gonna feel about that one. Oh, but, great. Uh, oh, great! <laughs> Just blame <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, so the so the Padre scout goes, "Listen, I really like you, and I, we're gonna draft you. We want to draft you, but how come you only throw one pitch? Because all I threw was the sinker that year." And he goes, "You know, he's like, do you throw any other pitches? Can you throw a slider?" I was like, "Yeah, I can throw a slider." He was like, well, why don't you throw a slider uh, so I can, you know, have some argument when I try to draft you um, in the draft room? I was like, all right, I'll throw a slider for you, whatever you want. He's like, how come you don't throw a slider? I was like, well, I can't hit my sinker. Why am I going to throw a slider? <laughs> so, uh, so he was like, well, that's a good point. But, hey, listen, throw the slider. There was like two or three weeks left in the season. I started throwing the slider, and it became a great pitch. In fact, um, in the Padres organization, I had the number one ranked slider in out of every single pitcher in the wow. whole organization. Yeah. Wow. So, so, was, so your was, slider was, was more like east to west perfectly or, or did it change? No. Place? So, yeah. So I would actually come up a little bit, you know, okay. you hear all the time people say, don't change your arm slot. You're going to sell it or yeah. whatever. They're going to pick it. I came up a little bit and I tried to get the same depth as my sinker. So basically I tried to make it look just like my sinker and go the opposite okay. way. Would yeah, you that do that? Would you goal. go sinker slider, sinker slider? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, righties, I just ate them up. So I would go sinker, 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 sinker. Yeah, right. And then, like, if they were showing me something, I'd go slider. Um, lefties, I would have to play a little bit more. So I guess the slider kind of set up your sinker a little bit, huh? 
Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was definitely a great addition, and it made it made it a lot easier to to get guys out. Help, helped me a lot with the lefties too. Another thing that helped me a lot with the lefties when I got into pro ball was I started uh, because what happened was in pro ball. A lot of the coaches wanted me to just sink it to lefties, sink it, sink it, sink it low and outside. But what was happening is these guys would just kind of dive in there, shoot it out to left center, and they were getting base hits all day. So I started mixing in that slider. That helped a little bit, but they, they were still having a lot of success on me. So then I started throwing a four seam um, up and in early in the count, whether it be first pitch or second pitch. To get them back. Yeah, not even, not even to get ahead or throw a strike or anything. Literally just to get them uncomfortable. And I would throw it like literally, like right at their hands, like get them to move their feet, jump out of the way. Um, and once I did that, then I can go sinker, sinker, slide. You know, I could yeah. start playing around. We're just more uncomfortable. Just and the, that took ownership yeah. of the plate. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, just going hard up and in early on the lefties really changed the way uh, I pitched to the lefties. So why'd you retire? Uh, so I hurt my uh, shoulder and uh, ended up. I tried to pitch through it, try to rehab it, try to pitch through it, and then I ended up having a torn rotate, uh, torn labrum, which is what they saw on the MRI. Um, and then when they went in there to do the surgery, they saw saw that the rotator cuff was also torn. Cool. So, yeah. um, I mean, so I so they we did the surgery, rehabbed it for two 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 different rehab sessions, like sixteen months. Um, came back and normally I was throwing 96 miles an hour. When I came back, I was throwing 76 miles an hour. So obviously that's not going to get the job done. Um, and then I was eventually, uh, released. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always tell guys in minor league ball is that, you know, there's, there's two reasons you're, this game's going to end. It's going to either be money or, uh, injury. And I said, you know, if you're already broke, then you're, you know, you've already, you're already dealing with that part. So let's try not to get into the injury part so i always tell guys if i can just keep you healthy because i can't give you money but if i can keep if i can keep you healthy as a coach in minor league ball you know that that itself is gonna change your career you know yeah and you and you had the same thing too right you had a you had an injury and but then you you learn through your program like you that's how you yeah. develop your whole program right? well because i was coming my, back yeah i mean just imagine tearing your rotator cuff in juco how much would that have changed your career Right. Yeah. So, so at that point, yeah. it's either every doctor's telling you, dude, you don't have the eligibility to fix this. Um, like you said, you know, you come out the next year and you're throwing 76. <laughs> so it's like you're starting all over, man. So I needed the program. I needed a program to be able to do that. And that's, yeah, that's how it happened. And then, and then, so you came all, all the way back and got up to 95 after tearing the yeah. rot rotator cuff. And then, dang, that's great. Now, did you have surgery on it, or did you just rehab through? No, it? I had surgery. I had surgery and um, went through full rehab. And then I remember in JUCO, I went the next the next year. And my coach was like, "All right, let's get in the pen. See what you look like." And I'm like, "Okay, it's first time in the pen." And I just been throwing in parking lots behind their PT facility on my throwing program. So I get in the pen and I go through my delivery, and I'm bouncing it to the catcher, like one hopping the catcher every single throw, oh, and I'm oh. just like. Oh my god! I'm like, and I'm already in my sophomore year. Like this is this is it? Well, that's why I went to NAIA because they gave me those two years back. So I was in I was in college for six years. I was oh, on wow. a I was dressed out on a team for six years in college. Wow! Yeah, and then wow. I needed another then, year but, after but, college 
to get even better at the mechanics because that was the hard part. In college, I got it to about upper 80s, which was still good enough to get back and play some college ball. But then a year after college, I started mastering and studying these mechanics. And then it started, dude, it was just the coolest experience. Like you're sitting there, you've, you've gotten yourself back in good shape. And you're just really trying to understand these biomechanics, like 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 an engineer trying to understand them. And then all of a sudden, dudes are like, man, you you need to get on a gun, dude. This is crazy. And you're like, no, no, I'm still 88. I'm still 89, 88. I haven't figured it out. You know how we are. We get so, per- we're like perfectionists. I'm like, no, I haven't figured it out. They're like, no, you need to get on a gun. And I get on the gun, and I'm 93 to 94 every every throw. So I was I was that's psyched, awesome. and, and that's when I was I was 28, and I was like, all right, well, let's go see if I can play some indie ball. And then I tried to get an indie ball, and you know, that's not a great time to get into pro ball when you're 28. <laughs> I mean, how old were you when now, you were retiring? Uh, I was uh, probably 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I played five or six, five or six years. So I was 2000, yeah, so five years, I was 23 when I, yeah, 28, I was 28. Yeah, and, and that's a normal yeah, age. That's an age to where if you aren't in your prime, if you're not just cruising, you probably should be considering another career, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you know, and it's, it's, it's definitely tough. Like, you know, I thought, I thought, one thing, I don't know who's listening to this podcast, um, but one thing if I could offer any piece of advice as far as the pro ball aspect goes is another mindset thing where I had the mindset always of just like my main goal was getting drafted. So once I got drafted, it was like, I made it. Like I did it. So like for me going through the minor leagues, I was kind of cruising. I still improved through the minor leagues. Um, you know, I, when I got drafted, I was only throwing 94. So I ended up throwing 96 by my second year in. So I was still improving, but, um, but I didn't have the, I didn't have another goal. Like, yeah, of course I wanted to get to the big leagues, but it wasn't like a burning, deep desire, passion. My burning passion was always to get drafted. Like, I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to get drafted. And so once that happened, I kind of – not that I lost my way, but it wasn't as as strong of a, a conviction to make it there. Dude, you're making a perfect point. You, you, that That's the problem here. It's like my whole life I put 94 miles an hour on my wall when I was a little kid. I don't know. I just love velocity. And I put – I had 94 written on my wall on a piece of paper, and I carried it everywhere. And, you know – I think someone said I, I hit 95, but I actually saw 94. But it's ironic that the thing that I put up every day, for the speed that I'm going to hit, that's all. That's the fastest I saw with my two eyes. And, and then you start getting frustrated. You're like, dude, why didn't I put 99? You know, why why right. didn't why didn't I put Major League Baseball? You're right. I'm telling you. I mean, isn't that that's the point we're making here? Like, you really need to. If you you got to really sit down and and assess what you want to do in your life, and then you got to really go for it. Don't shoot short because you might be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shoot for the stars because if you miss, you land on the clouds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think that is a great lesson, and I think that that needs to be applied into everything you do. And and something I want to start doing more is, is this mental stuff. I think you know when you sit there and you got a dream to play at say the big league level. That should that dream should exist in every set and rep and exercise you do, shouldn't it? It should. Yeah. It, that passion should be fueling each rep and set that you are performing. If 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 you want a chance to actually live in it one day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, let's be honest. You ask every high school player right now if they want to play in the major leagues, they're all going to say yes. But it's the ones who are really like putting in the work day in and day out. You know, because I hear guys all the time like. Hey, 
he hey, coach, I'm working out like like three times a week. Uh, you know, is that good enough to work? I'm three days a week. No, you got to work seven days, ten days a week. You got to work out. You know, be working on this and, and thinking about this and trying to improve. Like it was literally your my whole life, and I'm sure your whole life was trying to make that happen. Well, after surgery, you have to get literally obsessed with it. Like you start thinking that there's something wrong with you because no one else is actually like you. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, like, is you're no right. one is Absolutely. this crazy? Like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank what, you, buddy. What are you going to do with your boy? Is, is, is that, how do you, so how do you bestow that parent into a child? Like, cause a lot of, you know, you get a lot of parents now that are seem to be more excited than the kids to play the game. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I knew the answer because I would do that with him. I don't know. All I can tell you is from my experience with my parents was my one of the things my dad used to do was he never like he wasn't like we got to go out there and practice we got to do this like he wasn't real hard on me but he like I said he was in the gym all the time so he was like leading by example so I just wanted to I wanted you know everyone wants to be like their dad if they have a yeah. cool dad um so I wanted to be like him so I wanted to go to the gym and he would always say before he left hey you want to go to the gym and you know sometimes I did sometimes I didn't so he would take me he got me a membership whatever I needed to do uh, that he would help and then if I ever wanted to go play like at the park or whatever we would go play and you know he always made it fun like we were like our practices would be like let's see how many home runs we could hit or let's see how fast we could throw the ball like it was never like we gotta do this and we gotta make sure we do our sprints and we gotta do you know it was always fun stuff um and one other huge thing that he did that you know I'm gonna do uh with him hopefully and uh, in whatever he's passionate about is my dad would always like uh, find articles and stuff like that in magazines that he liked, and he would leave them on my bed. Like he wouldn't tell me to read them or like make me read them or ask me about them, but he would leave it on his bed, on my bed. And then I would hear him talking to other people about it. like, oh, I read this great article, blah blah blah. So even if I didn't read it, then I would be like, man, I gotta go read that article, see what he's talking about. So I always ended up reading it, and it was always like baseball stuff. Like I said, he didn't really know much about baseball, but he always tried to forward yeah. me anything that he could and now like today obviously it's different you know you're not gonna leave a magazine on you're your gonna email them now <laughs> a video or whatever yeah exactly no that, i think that nails it. i have a friend of mine who he's got three boys and they're all coming up we played ball together and he same thing he has our same personality but he said the hard thing is is when he watches his oldest play and every time his oldest makes a good play he always looks at at him and you know how yeah. kids do that and he he's he can't stand it. He 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 can't stand it not for the kid. I mean, like he loves that the kid loves him and wants to please him. But he said he still knows he's not playing for himself because he keeps seeing the kid doing that. And he just he's waiting for the day where the kid stops looking to him and he just basically is doing it more for himself. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's crazy. I see that. I I saw that a lot when I was training younger guys where they would get a good hit and instantly look over to mom and dad. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, that's just they want affirmation from their parents. But you're right. It, it is the question, are they playing for themselves or their parents, you know? Right. Yeah, I wonder what age for what age for you was it, you know, when, when you were playing for yourself? Did you ever have that? I'm trying to think back and, and think of my own. Well, I was, I'm going to say I was lucky because my dad was a captain in the Navy. And he wasn't a dad you really wanted to please. He was a dad that you didn't want to piss off. 
so I was rarely looking for him, to him for affirmation. I was just looking at the corner of my eye, hoping he, hoping he wasn't going to try and chew my head off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, I guess it works both, both well, ways. To be honest, you know? you're right. I think parents got to be careful being too positive with their kids because then you might be setting them up for constant. They're looking for your affirmation. And then too negative, then they just want to rebel, re- rebel and get away from you, you know? Well, that's a great point, too, because I used to sing in the car, and they told me I was a great singer. And that was a bold-faced lie, because I was hor- and I knew I was horrible. <laughs> this is hilarious, dude. I'm like, man, they're lying to me right now. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't even know your parents, and I already love them. They seem like great people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool people. Well, that, but that is. I mean, I think we're talking to dads now. I mean, so you coach. Tell them right now you're, you're, what you do with U-Triple-S-A. You're doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, so I'm not really coaching much anymore, but um, I'm a scout for U Triple okay. and we travel the country and we put on showcases, 24 events uh, each year across the country, and uh, we evaluate eight to 14 year olds. So we get we get up up to 300 kids per event out there, and we take them through a pro style uh, workout showcase. They run a 60 yard dash. They uh, they field their positions. They uh, hit. They we get their exit velocity, we get their pitching velocity, we get their we just evaluate them overall for two positions, um, and then they have the opportunity to make the become an all American at that age. So that's the all American. Like I was an all American in college, these kids have the opportunity to be an all American at that eight to fourteen year old age through this program. So it's a, it's a real cool program. The kids love it, the parents love it, I love it, the scouts love it. It's it's just overall cool. So talk about. Since you're good, I mean, and you also have done tons of YouTube videos. If you guys haven't seen it on his YouTube channel, you go pro um, on pretty much every skill in baseball. I think you've covered it all, right, John? <laughs> you've well, covered yeah, everything. It's been, yeah, it's been 10 years now, I think. So, like, yeah. I was running out of stuff to talk about. No, so I can... I'm always just trying to think of, <laughs> like, because you, you can only t- teach someone how to pitch the, the, the pitching mechanics. So many times. Yeah, so many times, and it's it's tough, right? And for you, I'm sure it's it's tough because you're on, most well, not only, but mostly. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I well, what happens is is you get well above the novice uh, viewer. So unfortunately, I'm I've gotten myself because I've stayed in it for so long. I'm well past the average viewer. So you know, I try. I, I can still come down like you and, and and give some basics, but I do really like getting into the advanced stuff and. I don't get to use it that much, but I'm lucky if I get to work with a big leaguer every now and then, and we really, really get to get advanced and talk really, really detailed stuff, which is fun. Because you're right, there's there's only so much, there's only there's only so many ways you can say it. But we're still always trying to get better, aren't we? We're still always trying to find a better way to say it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you and I are very similar in our philosophy yeah, and methods, the movement yeah. patterns of the mechanics. Yeah, it's just I. Uh, I'm not as smart as you, so I, I try no, to explain it through. You are. You just I haven't spent as much way. time on it as in, in just one area as I have. I yeah, mean, and I just I yeah. try to explain everything from a feel standpoint, from what I used to feel when yeah. I was. So everything I try to explain is very visceral. Like when I'm saying it, I'm like feel. I'm yeah. like I'm feeling it when I'm saying it. Yeah. Um, so I so you know I don't. It's hard because I'm trying to explain a feeling when sometimes there's not. Um, Great words. My son's grabbing golf clubs oh out of the thing. He's gonna start shattering your uh, yeah. your pictures back there. Well, listen, I, I I bought this TV, this curved TV. It was like new, really nice, and we literally had it for like three months. And he took a bat to it and <laughs> smashed it. 
<laughs> yeah, and so, I, so I'm like searching to get it fixed, like how much is it going to cost to get it fixed, and because I, st- I put it on credit, I put it was like Best Buy credit card, and uh, you know I'm 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 like I got to get this thing fixed because I still owe a bunch of money on it, oh and everyone God. I talk everyone I talk to says, oh, it's not worth fixing, like it costs more to fix. So now I got this busted up TV in my All bedroom. All right, next time you better get those uh, those plans, damage plans or liability For plans. <laughs> that sucks. Well, so yeah. talk about with your experience with UCCA, like talk about like what are you seeing the kids that are and, and you know I hate doing this. I hate telling an 8-year-old where he needs to be because he doesn't need to be anywhere. He just needs to learn the game, fall in love with the game and and then understand the foundation needs to build. But what what advice can we give them that really want to develop you know well in this game from a young age? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Like it's it's because everyone develops so differently. Like yeah. like we talked yeah. about earlier, I was this tight in seventh grade. Like so, me being on the field with those twelve year olds out there, I would look like a giant, or like I yeah, was right. lying about my age. Right. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I'm going to have the advantage at that age of like pitching velocity and 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 power of hitting and, and all that stuff. And guys are developing at all different ages. I remember there was one kid I went to high school with who was like the smallest guy always always growing up at every age level and then it wasn't until our our senior year he shot up and he was like six six Jeez. so and it was it was you know he was 18 years old at the time so obviously everyone's different um as far as from a development standpoint of timing um so, so don't it's be more too, so don't be too judgmental when you're young right i mean don't judge where you are and where you're going to be Right, exactly, exactly. Obviously, that's our job as a scout of UCCA is my job to judge them at that moment, at that moment of time, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean that all of these guys that are All-Americans are automatically going to make it to the MLB. And vice versa, all these guys who don't make the team doesn't mean that they're not going to be great players. You know, they also have an opportunity of continuing to play and have a lot of success. Yeah, and, and, you know, my story – See, tell me if you got one of these stories. So I was the late bloomer in ninth grade. I got cut from the ninth grade team, not the JV team, not the the varsity team. I got cut from the ninth grade team, and it was embarrassing. And I quit football that year because I played both, just so I could train and and work on my baseball. Because I I, I didn't I wasn't going to accept that. I wanted to play college. I mean high school baseball. So the next year, I it obviously worked because I started varsity the next year. So the point is, is like when. It was cool when every time my coach who saw me do that, every time he would cut a kid, he would tell my story. And I think kids need that. Do you you have a story? Do you know anyone has a great story like that, that persevered through, through, you know, being a late developer? Yeah, Michael Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) a good one, yeah. Uh, Cut from his uh, freshman high school team, I believe. Um, You know, and and my dad, that's another thing about my dad. Oh, he he just took your jersey, I think. Oh, my goodness. He's out of control. Did he take your jersey? I saw him take something back there. Well, yeah, he opened the closet and the jersey fell out. (laughs) There's all kinds of crap all over my floor right now. I'm over here. Listen, I'm over here giving advice on, like, how you should parent. (laughs) Like, you're the worst parent of of all time right now. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, uh, like you said, he's... I said, like you said, he's going to make it to the bigs, and he's going to go back and watch this one. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. That would be great. But again, I got to always check myself when I start thinking that way. Because, and I, and like I said, I get it now. Like 
how there's some crazy baseball parents out there because I, I find myself going down that rabbit hole every once in a while. And then I go, bro, what are you doing? You're like, what are you thinking about? Like, he's two and a half years old. Let's like, like let's teach him to ride a bicycle first. Let's have some fun. Maybe he's into, he's going to be in the ballerina, ballet, yeah, ballet or music. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I don't even know. But obviously, I'm going to keep putting a glove and a ball in his hand and, and have bats all around. And, and so hopefully, you know, I do think it's, uh, uh, environment uh plays a big part of that so so what do you uh, think about these kids that are playing you know we hear this all the time that are playing year-round travel ball and and all this what's your advice on all that i think it's tough man you know when when we were coming up i I mean i'm not going to speak for you but when 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 i was coming up it wasn't as prevalent like i never played travel ball until my junior year of high school and it was only because it was a scout team. Someone came and offered me to play on that team because I was pitching fast at the time. Um, so we, I didn't have that. And, and I don't know, I don't know if it's beneficial. Like I think some of the, because I played all sports growing up and I think that really helped me become an athlete. Um, and I see these kids who play different sports when they're coming up are usually the, the ones who are more athletic and, and a little bit better. Even though baseball is a skill sport, and I get that idea, the thought process of if you if you play it year-round, you're going to work on more of the skill stuff. You're going to get more game reps and all of this. Uh, but I think at that age, at this young age, the youth baseball age, you you know, playing more uh, sports, playing different sports and working on your athleticism is probably best. And especially if you're like a pitcher, you know, if you're – definitely if you're getting overused as a pitcher at the youth baseball age that's a huge part so I, you know I, that's one thing i always uh talk about on some of my youtube uh videos is is check check pitchsmart.org i don't know how you feel about that um but it's got it's a great resource for all age pitchers um as far as like pitch count recovery rest time all that yeah, stuff so i just a- defer to that yeah there's a lot of asmi data there i mean i like it um, I mean, there's there's guys outside of ASMI that I think have done a great job on on pitch counts and basically how to monitor stress. Um, I like what Moda Sleeve is doing. The Moda Sleeve. Um, do you use the Moda Sleeve? Do you use the Moda Sleeve at yeah. all? Yeah, I've I've used it before. I haven't used it a whole bunch, um, but uh, from what I know about it, it's, it goes on your arm and it can track the data, yeah. put it into your app, right? And it, what it does is it uses an algorithm that's based on a chronic work ratio. So basically what it shows is when you got to get at least, at least two weeks of throws in, and then it looks at your, your chronic workload over time. And then if there's an acute, like a moment where you jump 30% up, then it's considered high risk. So like if you were throwing 60 throws every day, and you threw 120 one day, you went well above the uh, ratio of, of the healthy ratio, which is a 1.3 ratio, and now you're more prone to injury when you do that. So it's it's helping you monitor your stress over time. Oh, that's awesome. And they say that's a better approach than pitch counts because you can stay within the pitch count rules and still have a, a higher than a 1.3 uh, acute to chronic ratio and jump within a pitch count and then injure yourself. That that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, and that kind of that kind of um, that kind of uh, makes me think about a lot of other things too. Like there's so much. Like nowadays, I feel like there's so much data and science in the game, which I think is a good thing. But also at the end of the day, like as the player, you have to be responsible for what you're doing. Like you know, you have to really listen to your feel. 
because I think the best players in the game are, are great field players. Like even I'm talking like major leaguers, you know, yeah, I'm sure they followed programs along the way, different years, changed programs um, throughout over their career. But a lot of them are taking what they like from those programs and making it kind of the, building their own program over time. Um, and then th they have good feel, so they're quick to adjust to it. So, for example, like if a young player is throwing and his arm is not feeling good, you have to listen to your body too. Like not don't just listen to the motor sleep. Like if you're feeling tired, like maybe we don't throw as much today, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's really important. I mean, I think that's a hard thing. But you do, you know, especially when you start getting paid to play this game and, and they're telling you you got to throw as a relief pitcher five days in a row, it's kind of hard to say no, but you got to be careful because you could be ending your career, you know? Yeah, that, that, that right there is a tough one. Just like, you know, when I was at Auburn throwing those, you know, uh, almost every single game I pitched, probably shouldn't have did that. You know, that wasn't healthy for me. And I don't know if that played a part in the final outcome. Because um, it was years down the road that it happened, but you never no, know. Well, you know. But that's how it works. I mean, I remember interviewing Jim Morris from the movie The Rookie, and he had nine arm surgeries. They took out 80% of his deltoid, right? He said on his fifth arm surgery, Dr. Job told him that all the damage he had done to his arm to that point, he had done before he turned 15 years old. That's what he told him. Wow. That's crazy. You know, I had a trainer that told me one thing that I always, from the day he told me, I always looked at it differently. Um, and he said, think about pitching as you take a pencil with an eraser and you just go like this Yep. on your skin. Yeah. It's not, you're That's not really doing point. any damage now, but you do that thousands and thousands of times next thing you know you're going to be all the way down to the bone there eventually and 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 that's a great analogy and go even farther you make a mechanical change that just threw more stress to your arm now start pushing harder on that pencil yeah and it's just going to go faster that that's mm -hmm. the problem you see guys make these changes in their year and everyone criticizes the change and then all of a sudden they have a great year and then the next year they they can't they're not healthy and then their career's over you know, it makes you wonder, but at the end of the day, it's not even really a wonder. It's just, it just comes down to the probability. I think, was it a high probability that did it or was it a lower probability? Because it did have an effect on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. So that's why, that's why you and I are valuable to this industry because we're showing them by through studies and just through doing this for a long time, what we believe is the healthier approach in this game. I mean, don't you think a lot of what we do and the content we put out is just to keep people playing this game healthy for a long time? Well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely what we're, oh, you know, my, a big goal of mine is just to, to help in whatever way I can. And that's a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Keep them playing as long as they can achieve their goals. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you, you cut a career in half, it's going to be a lot harder to achieve those goals, right? Absolutely. And that's the worst thing to see is a young kid who has a lot of potential to lose it all at an early age. Like at least we were, we were older when it happened, you know, but now um, it's we, when we were playing, it wasn't, everybody's getting Tommy John and now it's everybody's getting Tommy John. It's, it's crazy to hear right. it, you know? Well, and we didn't play nearly as much as these guys are playing these days. No, so uh, to, to be honest, the competition at this point, I, I don't even, I got, I God knows what will happen in my career. Like, I I know I had it easier than what I mean as far as my surgery. I mean outside of my surgery, but as far as what the kids are doing today, it's it's it seemed a lot easier back when we played. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. I could be wrong, but yeah, no, it's just 
Yeah, it's crazy too. You know, guys playing up, playing down, playing different teams, playing and the world competitions, just, insane. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's 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 tough for that for that for the young ball players this day and age for sure. So we'll leave, let's leave with a positive note. We'll end it here. So I think the positive things to do, I'll give a little list and you give a list, is to um, is to be an athlete. Like that, I think that's number one. And and don't overplay young. It is good to play. Just don't. I don't think you need more than two seasons. I think two is enough. And and be the athlete in another season, either in another sport or in your training approach. Be an athlete. Train yourself to be an athlete. I'd give the other piece of advice would be is have fun and really define your goals and dreams very early on and, and visualize like accomplishing it and, 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 and what you're going to do with it. Like, I think that's the other thing people think, you know, I want to be a big league. Well, what are you going to do when you become a big league? Or like, are you going to be a good person or are you going to be a crappy person? Like obviously try to be a good person. So when you become a big leader and do good things with it, cause I think that helps it manifest because it just it it grows the the energy grows the passion because you know it's something good. I just I just find when you when it doesn't have anything good but to serve your ego, I'll, I find like it it doesn't. I don't think it's going to work as well unless you're just naturally gifted, genetically gifted. So put a lot of positive energy behind it. I think that helps it grow and, and gives it a better chance that it happens. I don't know what what positive things you can throw out there. Yeah, I agree with all that. First of all, um, the other thing I guess I could leave everyone with is just yeah just just make it fun you know like from a from a parent standpoint now because i'm looking at a lot more from a parent standpoint now with him uh versus a player standpoint is just give them ever every opportunity that you can like you may not know what brent and i know but at one point we didn't know what we (laughs) know now you know So the internet is such a great thing. So use it as a tool to learn from. Just be smart and, and try to help your kids as, as best you can to keep them safe and keep them healthy. And, and we are here also to help in any way that we can. So you can reach out to me for sure. Um, and I'll be happy to chat with you as, you know, if I got some free time. And I know Brent is the same way. So, uh, yeah, so give, him, give him your avenues to, to learn from you because you got a lot of knowledge out there. So give him... Like, what's the easy place they can go and start learning from you? I mean, YouTube is the main thing, and definitely come check me out because me and Brent, I just flew up to Louisiana, and we shot a bunch of videos, and I already posted two of them, a bunch more coming out. So definitely check that out because you guys will like that. Brent spills a bunch of uh, uh, knowledge on his his uh, philosophies on pitching. Yeah. So uh, check me out on YouTube. It's You Go Pro Baseball. Um, and then you can check me out. You go pro baseball pretty much everywhere else across the board. Yeah. And we did a bunch of them. We did, so we did velocity, so we did velocity leaks. That was the first one. Then we got the one that we talked about triple extension in my method and we got mm-hmm. 10 more to go. Do you remember what they are? Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, I think I do. Okay, hip to shoulder separation. So, okay. all right. So we got hip to shoulder separation. We got, uh, the six, six, uh, phases or six yeah, sections yeah. of the components. Three X. And then then yeah. we got um, like the co- controversial stuff. What, what do we call that? Controversial. Yeah, controversial. Top controversial Topics pitching stuff. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. You don't want to miss that one. Yeah, I know. Uh, we talked about the King of the Hill a little bit. We talked. Uh, we talked about uh, what did we talk about? Uh, we talked about the high velocity arm arm action. Yeah, so, uh, we covered. We, I think we covered everything, right? Yeah, everything we could. We basically shot pretty much all day long yeah, in there. It was a marathon. And then, <laughs> and then we went to K. Paul's and over eight. 
Oh man, it was so good. It was so <laughs> delicious. That food was delicious, man. I let Brent, Brent says, Brent says, you're gonna, you're not gonna walk out of here feeling good. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, man, I was so full when I walked out of that place. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> but it was everything was delicious. That place will kill you. That's a, that place is legendary. Well, good. Well, yeah, um, I appreciate. I appreciate you taking me out there, and I appreciate your hus- uh, hospitality Thanks, when brother. I was there. It was it was a lot of fun, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Hell yeah, let's do it again. Um, definitely, I want to do it again. I w- I'm hoping you can swing over to Zinger's place because we're going to be at Zinger's place at the end of March. I know that's tough for you, yeah. but that'd be cool. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, but I'm going to try to I'm going to try to do it because I'll be in Cal- Northern California the day before, so I'll, I'll have to take a quick flight over to Arizona and then uh, and then clear it with the boss here. That would be, dude, uh, I'm telling you, it'd be worth it, man. We'll make it worth it. You'll love it. For sure. All right, sure. Well, uh, well, cool. So you go pro, guys, on YouTube, on all your social medias, you go pro, right? Yep, you go pro baseball. You go pro baseball. And uh, you can obviously find them through. I'll put links on this podcast as well if you have a hard time finding them. And learn his stuff, guys. I mean, it, it, he goes into everything. He goes into a lot of you know, position player stuff, hitting stuff. Um, I mean, just a lot of detail-oriented stuff, like, you know, even – you know, 60 yards dash or vertical jump. I mean, I think you, you just cut, co- you try to cover it all and give them the best information you can find on, on, on anything in baseball. Right. Thanks. Thank Thank you. I appreciate that. But also what I'm trying to do now is bring in like the top guys yeah. from each area. So like for you, I wanted to, for us to com- uh, connect. So because you bring a real high level of pitching ideas, um, to my audience so that you know that's good it's great for me to talk about 60 yard dash but as someone who's a pitcher you know right. or, or even infield drills you know right. that's great for me to talk about infield drills i can i can help a little bit but then i bring a guy in like matt antonelli who was a major league infielder to talk about it that's got a lot more credibility he knows more about what he's talking about so i'm trying to do that uh a little bit more and it was great having you to come on and talk some we'll pitching because I, I learned it I learned I learned a lot when Thanks, uh, when I was down there. Talk about more of those guys. Like I want to hear them all. Give them a list of some of these top guys that you're bringing in. Yeah, so Ant- Matt Antonelli, he's got a YouTube channel as well. Um, he came on. Um, uh, who else was there? Uh, I'm going down to see Doug Bernier. He was a major league uh, infielder. He's got a YouTube channel as well, Pro Baseball Insider. Nick Shaw, he's always on my channel. Um, he does a lot of infield stuff. He's a leadoff batter. He's actually another scout for the UCSA All American Game, so he travels with me. Um, who who else we got? Uh, I have my old trainer on uh, Andre Williams. He's trainer he used to train uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Sweet. Uh, D Gordon, Nick Gordon. Um, wow. He's a great trainer. Omir Santos just shot some videos with him. He's a catcher, major league catcher. Um, first video going live tomorrow on, of his. Wow. Uh, um, Will Nieves, major league catcher. Bunch of guys, bunch of great guys. Ryan Lavarnway, major league catcher. I've got a lot of catching stuff actually. That's cool. Good. But, yeah, I don't know much about catching, so I'm glad they do. Well, you, you know, uh, yeah. you know how to throw to them. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. I know about the bromance, <laughs> yeah, the pitcher catcher relationship. Um, and then I'm going. I'm actually this weekend. I'm going to see uh, Fernando Cortez. You follow him? He's on. He's pretty big on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Fernando Cortez. We're going to shoot some videos, and then, uh, um, and then this guy um, who uh, who's I don't know if you ever seen the mini wiffle ball pitching machine that that I have. Um, he invented that thing, and uh, we're going to talk, go through some hitting drill. He was a major league uh, hitter as well, so um, we're going to talk some fun drills and stuff. But it, but it's it's been really cool, and I've been happy to. 
travel around and meet these guys and 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 you've been one of the best so far man so i appreciate it well i'm excited man you got a lot of good content coming and hopefully we can keep doing stuff together so man go back and be with your boy i hope he's still okay i haven't seen him in a little while (laughs) is he back there yeah as long as i can hear him he's humming back there it's (laughs) blippy so blippy's got him he's good (laughs) all right dude well of course we'll do something again soon and we got we got 10 more videos coming out so everybody stay tuned to our 10 more videos coming out you go pro baseball and peace brother thanks thanks brian see you